Hello everyone, and welcome to Taking a Step Back into History. I'm your host, Mariana, and today we have a guest that will not only take a step back, but a leap back. Welcome, Abraham Lincoln. Thank you, thank you. Also, yes, we're definitely going way back. So let's start off with the basic questions first, and then we'll delve deeper. When and where were you born? I was born on February 12, 1809. I grew up in Hardin County, Kentucky. My family and I actually moved to Indiana in 1816. These questions are pretty easy, by the way. Well, this is only the beginning. <laughs> Who were you married to? Also, how many kids did you have, and what were their names? In my prime, I was married to Mary Lincoln around 1842. We were wed on November 4th. After that, we had four kids, Robert Lincoln, Tad Lincoln, William Lincoln, and Edward Lincoln. So, what became of your children? Well, Robert became a lawyer and a businessman. He was also our oldest son. Tad ended up passing away at 18 due to measles, and his brother William passed away at 11 because of water contamination. He became incredibly ill before we could do anything he slipped between our fingers. Sadly, Edward passed away at 3 years old due to cancer, so as you can tell, those events were a tremendous, a tremendous shock to us. That's really tragic. That's horrible. I'm sorry. It happened so long ago. I'm still grieving to this day, but I tend to handle it better. At a young age. It's been rumored that your mother passed away. How did it impact your life during your childhood? In 1818, on October 5th, my mother, Nancy, passed away from illness. It honestly, it left me devastated. I ended up distancing myself from my father because her not being in my life anymore impacted me so much that I just wasn't myself. Luckily, that changed when my stepmother, Sarah, stepped into the picture. I got close to my dad again and I got close with her. So even though her death was heavy on me, I was given the motivation to keep going in life. That's really good to hear and it shows a lot of strength. It definitely does because you've endured all of that and now you're here. I can only imagine how hard it must have been, and I'm glad you were able to move past and hold yourself together. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm glad as well. There's something that I'm interested in knowing. Uh, how did you get elected into office? So, I was the first Republican to win. For the popular vote, I only received 40%, but I still defeated the other three candidates I was running against. One was a Democrat named John Breckinridge. Constitutional Union candidate John Bell, and another Democrat named Stephen Douglas. I ended up losing my first campaign against Stephen Douglas for a seat in the U.S. Senate in 1858, I believe. I was clearly against slavery, and he argued that people should have the right to decide whether or not their territories would become for freedom or for slavery. I ended up losing that debate, but I caught the Republican Party's attention. So I ended up winning the Republican Party's presidential nomination. That's amazing. In life, it's crazy how some downfalls give us new opportunities, and clearly that's happened for you. That's, that's honestly outstanding. I also had an election in 1860, and that's when I went against those three candidates. I actually ended up winning, and I was inaugurated on March 4th, 1861. The date is hard to forget because it was such a big day for me and it was a sense of inner accomplishment that I felt and it was the greatest feeling. 
It definitely would be the greatest feeling. You know, you've, accompli- you've accomplished something so big, and it's individual to you. It adds on to, like, what you've done in your lifetime, and that's huge. Now, I've also been wondering something else. What did you do in the Civil War? Ah, during the Civil War, I took part in helping the United States defeat the Confederacy, who was for slavery. I was supportive of the Union, which was opposed to slavery. And what were your views on slavery? It's always been morally wrong. No one should own someone else ever. I believe that slaves should be owned, should be able to live just as we do and enjoy the results of their labor, knowing that they'll never be forced into it again. They should never be owned. Years later, my views only grew stronger on the topic of liberating the slaves. I explained that whoever served the Union during the Civil War should have had the right to vote. Yeah, I agree with that. It was never right to begin with. And while we're on this topic, how did the Emancipation Proclamation come about? Originally, I wanted to free all the slaves and send them to Liberia, but it didn't turn out that way, actually. There was a lot of resistance with the abolitionists, and because of this, I decided I would take an alternative. So I brought about the Emancipation Proclamation on September 22nd, 1862, and it was put into effect January 1st, I believe, 1863. Although this only freed the slaves that took part in the Union, it was still a huge step at the time because slaves were liberated regardless. That is, that really is a big step, especially in that time of tension and conflictions. Like, it's really, it's a big move that you made for the slaves, and I'm sure now everyone appreciates that. They appreciate that step. I'll end off on this note. Those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves. (laughs) He said it better than I could. (laughs) I think that we can all agree to that. Mr. Lincoln, thank you for coming on to the show, and everyone... Thank you for taking a step back into history. Remember, I'm your host, Mariana, and I'll be seeing you guys for another episode next week. On Wednesday, 5 on the dot. Don't forget your history!